This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Self-exploration and play is the key to doing the self-worship work. No one can have all the answers for you. We forget that because we are inundated with constant information from experts and those who have studied, graduated, worked, experienced, been there and done that, they can teach us a lot about their journey. But we are not the same. The key is finding your way and cutting the cords you've welded between you and others. Society will never provide you with true confidence and boldness. It will always be based in some form of illusion or convoluted perception, whether that is rooted in someone else's trauma and conditionings or in your interpretation of their ideas and concepts. We are all pieces of a very large puzzle of the universe, and the only way to get the puzzle together beautifully is to allow you to be all of you and me to be all of me. The star piece cannot pretend to be the moon piece. There's already a moon piece, silly. Valeria Telles interviews Dana Yahav, the author of Escape Expectations, a workbook. F the shoulds, tap into your intuition, and embrace your individuality with confidence. Dana's insatiable curiosity has taken her down every spiritual, healing, and self-growth rabbit hole for the last 15 years. At this point, it may be the whole rabbit instead of just the whole of the rabbit. Regardless, just exploring was never enough for her. About five years ago, she began to coach and write about her journey and share her often sarcastic but always honest ramblings with others. Since then, she has coached hundreds of people through their life transformations, been blogging, writing articles, and self-publishing on Amazon, mostly with a British accent. Her specialization is self-development, growth, shadow work, and radical self-acceptance. Writing is her creative medium of catapulting people into finding themselves in a highly syndicated world. Her book has sold thousands of copies in over eight countries. It continues to shift others' perspectives, inspires them to find meaning in their lives, safety in their choices, and the courage to be who they are. Meet Dana at danayahav.com and notyourma.com. Here is the interview with Dana Yahav. In your own words, who is Donna Yahav? Um, Donna Yahav is a creator. She is a little bit crazy. She is um, a writer. She's just someone that is trying to figure out the human experience and helping other people accept their human experience in 
a million different ways. When you say the word, use the word crazy, what do you mean by that? Um, <laughs> if, if you understand yeah, what you're trying to say. <laughs> I mean, I think when I say crazy, I mean um, a little bit different from the norm. Um, my creative process is kind of all over the place and I never really know what the day is going to look like. Um, my boyfriend says that he loves being with a different person every single day, which is me just <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really yeah. just about accepting and embracing the different sides of myself, all of my different personalities that we all have. Right. It amazes me that we can actually lock in one personality. It, with We can hold on to one identity. Yeah, it amazes me yeah, that we can do that, right? Some of us are very good at it. And I wonder how that happens. That amazes <laughs> yeah. me more than being, you know, different every moment, every day. Do you wonder why this uh, solid, why, what creates this solid idea of who we are? You know, I think it has a lot to do with conditionings. I think it has a lot to do with how we're raised, with who we are, who we think we are supposed to be. Um, and whether that's based on what our parents told us or our guardians or caregivers or teachers, our friends, we develop this identity and, and then we just latch onto it because one, it works Two, everybody already knows us as this. Um, and three, it's kind of like, there's no guessing, you know, we can feel at ease with this personality because we already know what, what's going to happen if that makes sense. It, it reduces the, the unknown, the fear mm, of the unknown. True, which is essentially who we are. This incredible, yeah, unknown something that's happening here in this body, which is unknown too. It's amazing how you talk about the human body in your book, Escape Expectations. So I know this is the second section. I want to talk to you more about it, but you see it's so beautifully uh, about the nervous system and how real it feels that the body feels. Wow. Yeah. I have a lot of questions for you about that. So the other question I have, the initial question is about, do you have any idea of purpose? Do you know what purpose is? Like, do we have a purpose? Does life have a purpose? You know, it's funny that you ask this because I feel like every once in a while I get stuck in this place of what is my purpose? Um, and I think a lot of people do. And I think that's what leads to a lot of depression and anxiety and fear and worry. And the way that I sort of like to look at my purpose is as if it's a swirl. And our fully embodied purpose is right in the middle of that swirl. And as we go through life, we are constantly living our purpose. We're just experiencing different sides, different angles of the purpose, but we keep getting closer and closer and closer to our fully embodied purpose, which is when I believe we probably die <laughs> because our work <laughs> here is done. Hmm. So I think we're always living our purpose. Everything is always happening for us. It's just a perspective, right? It's just a matter of wrapping our human minds around the need to see our purpose as like a career. Mm, and it's not yeah. always that way. Your purpose is not always a career. It could just be who you are, right? It's, it's mm. to, to make your spouse laugh. It's to be kind. It's to, you know, know how to 
how to give people simple definitions of big concepts. It could be mm. to just smile at strangers. Like it could be anything, but I think we get caught up with it, with our purpose being a career. That makes sense to me. And when I think about purpose and fulfillment, I think about being here in a human body. That's the miracle. What else can we ask for, right? Everything else is a dance, is a knowing how to dance in the human body with the mind, with these conditionings. And um, so intuition, how would you describe what that is? Intuition is um, the voice of our soul. So I believe that we have this soul energy within the, within us that has been with us through every incarnation. So it's not necessarily just for this human body. It's the soul that's been with us through all of our human bodies. And that soul has a voice. And that voice is what helps us to ensure that we are continually moving on that spiral of our purpose. But the voice is very different for every person. And I think this is where a lot of times we get stuck is that we see this person doing it this way and we think we should do it this way. And in effect, we're ignoring our intuition. So intuition for me is a voice and it comes through through us in different ways. So I, I enjoy writing. So for me, my intuition will come in loud and clear from my soul when I am writing, when I'm free writing, when I'm journaling, even when I'm writing articles and books. Uh For other people, it's a feeling. Uh, For some people, Mm -hmm. and even me, sometimes it's a sign in my environment. Mm -hmm. So it's just about paying attention, becoming aware, and then really experimenting with it because you don't know until you try it. Oh, so that's what I always tell people is play with it, experiment, keep a journal, see what works, see what doesn't work. But it's like a a trust in the universe and it's a trust in yourself. From what you're saying, we can't really pin down. We cannot know and measure. And because sometimes I ask the question, how do we know? What are the, the signs, the clear signs that we are listening to our intuition? And some people say love that's when it's connected to love something that's good for you and everybody else and the planet i think you can figure it out for yourself i think everybody is different for me i feel like it's a a sense of flow and a sense of ease where it just seems like you are following and flowing and you're allowing things to happen because you have this immense trust that you're being taken care of yeah, so trust plays a huge role when it yeah, comes to intuition. So. Mm-hmm. And then when you speak of the soul and that relates to the purpose, um, that might create this idea or this feeling that, that there is a voice that's guiding us. It could be the universe or life itself or God. What is the destination for that, Donna? Where do we go from here? I know you believe in lifetimes, but does it end at some point? I mean, this is obviously my personal opinion, but I've done, I've taken some classes in Caribbean spiritism. So a lot of my ideas and thoughts around it do come from that. So I believe based on all the different teachings, I do believe that we reincarnate um, and we keep trying to learn all of these lessons. Every time that we come into a body, 
We're learning how to be in the body while simultaneously having emotions and feelings and thoughts and mm. nature and all of these different elements. Um, and we're learning how to balance all of that. But I do believe that the soul has um, levels. So one through 12. And then once you reach 12, you're like, oh, I am God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And you become one with God. That's the spiritism idea. For me personally, I feel like my ideas around it change daily. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I like to think that it's all going to be over as soon as I die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I can rest. Other days, you know, yeah. I really do feel like the soul just continues growing in, in incarnations and um, until we learn all the lessons. And then maybe we become guardian angels. Maybe we yeah. just live in the afterlife in bliss forever. Um, there's a movie that I really, really like. It's called Astral City. It's a channeled, it was a channeled book by a man. It's in Portuguese. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm sure I have it here. But it's supposedly the closest rendition to what actually happens after you die. And it's a great, great movie if you can find it. Yeah, I just wrote it down here. Okay, good. Yeah, I love exploring these ideas. Um, It kind of gives me more insights into how the mind works and Mm. belief systems and um, how far can we go. And it always comes back to me to that what we talked earlier about this solid idea of who we are. seems like we create all these ideas, stories to overcome the ultimate truth that this is it. Mm. That that's, Maybe. you know, the body's here and <laughs> the, there's something here that we call I and that perceives all this and, and claims to mm-hmm. know so much. But in the end, it's just... Uh, we are here for the experience of this, of what's happening right now. Yeah, it's like everything else is just a distraction from the present. Yeah, right, right. That's what comes to me over and over yeah. and over again. Um, and with that in mind, I do have a question for you about, yeah, do you sense anything beyond feelings? What are there beyond feelings? Yeah, um, maybe, you know, I think it's how we process it. Yeah, I don't. I think it doesn't always come in as a feeling. Maybe it comes in as a sensation. Mm. Uh, Maybe it comes in as a thought, but it's the way that our brain processes it. Right. Um, Now, I'm no neurologist, so I don't know. (laughs) But that's what Mm -hmm. what I feel it is. Um, But eventually, I think you can say that everything is a feeling, which is probably why it's so overwhelming and why so many people don't know how to process their feelings because there's just so much of it. Another question I have for you is about healing. What is your ideas around healing and what are some of the misconceptions we have about it? Oh God. I mean, the biggest misconception around healing, I think, is that there is one way to do it and that it happens quickly. Uh, In my work, I have tried, oh God, hundreds of different healing Mm -hmm. modalities, um, mostly for fun, but also because I was trying to find, figure out who I was. But I think that it takes time and patience. And this is, again, where we just have to trust our intuition and that spiral of our purpose that the next step will be shown to us. 
And it's about us trusting that next step and really taking the leap. Mm. So, you know, a book falls off the shelf or you hear about, I mean, I have a great example where I was listening to a podcast where um, the two ladies were talking about a menstrual cycle and Uh she had mentioned a somatic therapist. And for some reason that just struck something in me. Uh So I immediately Googled a somatic therapist near me. I found one and she has cracked things open for me that I never would have thought things I had no idea were there. So it's just about Mm. following the little whispers and, and that's how the healing happens. It's not linear. It's very dynamic and it's very, um, individual. So I would say patience, following the signs, following your intuition and just exploring it, using it as kind of like, like this is the game. Let me see what happens when I do this Mm -hmm. or when I do that. Happiness. How do you define happiness? (laughs) (laughs) Happiness is a moment of being content. I think when I try to make happiness something any bigger than a single moment, it becomes, it feels very far away and it becomes like something I cannot reach and I cannot have. So for me, happiness is a moment. It's a a deep, deep feeling of content. Like I am just good in this moment. Yeah. This is enough. Yeah. It satisfies. This is enough. Yes, exactly. Let me ask you a fun question. What do you love most about being in a human body? Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your honesty. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's <laughs> there's something about the yeah. when two bodies come together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's just a part of it. Obviously, I, I enjoy the the exploration. I feel like I'm I'm always a exploring and searching. So I enjoy yeah. the the books and the movies mm-hmm. and the papers and the and talking to people and just being able to expand my mind. And my last warm-up question is about freedom. What is freedom to you? What is the meaning of freedom to you? Freedom is actually one of my biggest values. So for me, freedom is having the freedom to choose. So it's just in every moment feeling as though I have the power to choose, Mm -hmm. which usually we do have the power Mm -hmm. to choose. So I can have that perspective of freedom almost all the time if I choose to see it that way. Wow. How, what an amazing experience, journey, whatever this is. It comes to me also as unconditional love. And I have heard this before from some spiritual teachers, maybe all of them, but some of them, they say that about that this experience is unconditioned. It's unconditional love, unconditional mm. life, unconditional wholeness. Yeah. It might really be true. Who knows? So you wrote the book, Escape Expectations, a workbook, F-U-C-K, the shoots, tap into your intuition and embrace your individuality with confidence. Talk to me about the main intention and inspiration to write this book, Donna. Yeah, um... So I have been working with clients as a life coach for the last five years or so. And I always loved making workbooks for them because it kind of takes everything that we've talked about, everything that they've learned, everything that we've explored, and it puts it into one actionable step 
into one place which I always enjoyed because I feel like we can get so lost in all of the information that it's really hard to come back and, and, and figure out, okay, well, what do I do next? Like all of this information is great, but Mm -hmm. how do I embody it? How do I integrate it? How do Mm -hmm. I use it to help me? So this book is about expectations. And what happened was that in my life and in 99.9% of my clients' lives, I was finding that the pattern was the same. We were all doing all of the things that we should be doing and ignoring our own intuition, ignoring our purpose, ignoring what was really calling to us Mm -hmm. because it was maybe a little bit different. Maybe it didn't meet the status quo. Maybe it wasn't what our parents or grandparents wanted us to have. Um, So what this book is about is really letting go of these expectations that society has put on us and embracing our desires, our personal desires and our values and our, our soul's voice so that we can live an authentic life that feels good for us. And you also wrote another book that was the first one, I think you mentioned uh, off record, uh, Becoming Who You Are. Talk to me for a moment about this title. So Becoming Who You Are is a book to help. It's a workbook to help you figure out who you are, to put it plainly. You know, a lot of people say, um, I say to find yourself. And some people will say, well, you're not loose change. You're not lost. And I beg to differ. You know, there was a time in my life where I 100% felt lost. Like I did not know if I was coming or if I was going. I didn't know who I was, what I was doing. And nothing. It was like I was asleep. So I really, this first book is about finding yourself. It's about starting to explore your desires, your wishes, your dreams, your goals. It does have a lot to do with expectations too. What were you told to believe? What do you, what do you believe? Who are you really? And I use, I play around with human design and the gene keys and astrology. And I do that in the second book too. Um, but the first book has been you know, amazing. I wrote it in 2018 and it's sold thousands of copies in eight different countries and people have been really resonating with it. So I'm very grateful that it has touched lives the way that it has, which is just really cool. Let me see if I got this right. I think you are a health coach and soul coach. Oh, just soul coach. I'm not sure. Yeah, just soul coach. Okay, so let mm-hmm. me move that from you. Okay, later, I'll do that later. And you specialize in self-development, growth, shadow work, and radical self-acceptance. That really caught my attention. I love in your book, you say, miracles occurred and continue to because I learned to accept my truth, listen to my intuition, and stop abandoning myself for others' pleasure. My main question about navigating this reality with other people is how do we learn to balance? If, I mean, you talk about radical self-acceptance, but how do we balance this, pleasing ourselves and others at the same time? Well, I think it's about knowing that it is not our responsibility to please others. And it's sort yeah. of like a double-edged sword. Like you right. won't know that, you won't truly understand that until mm. you've learned how to please yourself until you've learned the, this work until you've learned that everything is 
that everybody's responsible for their own happiness. So we can look at relationships that are so, that can so quickly become codependent because one person is relying on another to provide pleasure or happiness or safety or security because that person can't find it in themselves. So learning how to find that pleasure within you, learning how to accept yourself, learning how to find that safety, that happiness, that joy within yourself first is the balance, right? It's like the balance can't yeah. come until we learn that. And then right. when you have two people that are doing that, then the balance is effortless. Mm, yeah. Then it's, it's just a, a continued discussion mm. about life and the relationship. And it's never, it isn't often off balance because both people understand that they have to do what they have to do for themselves. Yeah, what an insightful answer. Balance is essentially that accepting, that pleasing our own selves, that's already the balance. You're creating that foundation, which is balance. And then everything else is just, I mean, it's just expansion of that. It just yeah. might be the mirror of that. Exactly. You know, sometimes we have to be a little bit off balance to know what balance is. It's like the polarity. So it's like sometimes you have to, you have to know darkness in order to know light. We, sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish in order to know how to be selfless. And I mean, I'm not, I, I don't like the wording around that, but selfful. But sometimes you have to be selfful in order to find that balance in relationships with others. Chapter one in your book, you say, if you think that your mind is running the show, you are mistaken. The real MVP is your body. Uh, that really kind of resonated. Um, very much true. So talk to me about the nervous system and how it works. So the most important thing for me about the nervous system was that it affects everything. Information is constantly coming towards us and the nervous system is deciding whether it's a threat or not. So depending on your conditionings, depending on your childhood, will affect what the nervous system perceives as a threat. So I think I gave the example in my book that I was born in Israel yeah. during a war. Um, so for me, loud noises was a threat. Seeing a gas mask was a threat where my body went into survival mode right. without my brain even being aware of it, without me consciously being aware of it. So our body stores the information. And the more that we become aware of it, the more that we recognize how much of our time we're spending in fight or flight or in collapse. And what happens when we're in those dysregulated um areas is that it affects our thoughts and it affects the stories that we mm. tell ourselves and it affects the the feelings that we have in our bodies so our nervous system the work needs to be done in the nervous system first yeah. so you can affirm whatever you want until you're blue in the face but if you haven't done the work around the nervous system feeling safety and calm around this thing that you're trying to create or around, you know, self-worth or mm -hmm. around money or relationships, whatever it is, then you're just going to continue to feel like you're in this fight or flight or collapse state. I feel like that's something that we, so some people are talking about it, but not enough. Yeah, I agree. Not, this I is agree. where the work is. This yeah. is where it should start. 
I agree, and you say that clearly. We have all been conditioned to feel unsafe in our bodies. Or that's just um, natural conditioning, right, Donna? Yeah. To be in a human body, it's, I mean, it comes with the territory. Sure. That would try to protect itself. Yeah. And I love the idea of somatic therapy. I actually wrote it down here. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I want to do that. My husband and I, oh, he needs more than yeah. I do. My Both of us do. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. Right. So I think, yeah, we need to do that. Because I feel sometimes when, like yesterday, I had an interview we are asked a question, the first question, who is blah, 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 in the person's name, you know, who am I speaking with today? And he got upset. That never happens. I mean, I interviewed almost 600, 700 people, and it never happened. And then he got very defensive about it. And I felt my body like um, <clears throat> the heat and like shaking almost. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So that's interesting. I was wondering, like, what was the, the body afraid of or trying to protect itself? Confrontation, ah, maybe. Yeah. But the fact that you were right. shaking, that's actually a natural response to threat. Mm. That's your mm. body trying to find equilibrium. Whereas oh. many, many of us try to stop the shaking because we, it's weird or, yeah, yeah. you know, we feel self-conscious about it. But that's actually the nervous system doing its job, trying to get you back to safety by shaking off this energy. Wow. How fascinating. Yeah, yeah I yeah, felt it, really it powerfully. Uh, you say something very interesting, too. So many things you say. People pleasing is a trauma response to feeling unsafe. So I never heard it that way before people-pleasing it. Talk to me for a moment about that, Donna. Yeah, so I think people-pleasing is the real pandemic. <laughs> yeah. um, people-pleasing yes. yeah. is is managing other people's emotions or trying to manage other people's emotions, other people's feelings, because we have this idea that we're responsible for other people's well-being. So we try to manage their emotions and make sure that they don't feel bad or they don't feel sad because then that'll be our fault, right? So it always comes back to what it means about us. So people pleasing, while it sounds like we care about other people, really it's very selfish um, because I'm going to please this person so that he does not think badly of me because then what would that mean about me? So it's really just like a push and pull of trauma And it's a trauma response where you could, I mean, there's so many different places you could go with this, but one example would be as a child, you learned that if your mom wasn't happy, you would suffer for it. So if she was angry and you you didn't wash the dishes or close Mm -hmm. the door, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that she would freak out and scream and yell and hit you and you would pay the price. So you learn at a very young age to keep your mother happy. And if you keep all the women in your life happy, then you'll be okay. You know, our brains create all Mm -hmm. of these stories for us. If I can keep people happy, then I will be loved So true. because that's how we interpret it. So then wow. we become a people pleaser and we just try to keep people happy because we have this, this subconscious idea that if we keep people happy, we will be loved. Mm. So it just wow. kind of bounces back and forth, back and forth. And I want to be loved because I want to be, I want to be, you know, seen as, as someone worthy. So it's really about me but it's also, you know, affects other people. Is this something that somatic therapy would help? 
Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it's also understanding, you know, my, my, I have a really great astrologer and she always says, you got to let people drive their own bus. And it's about for you understanding that his healing process is his alone. And yes, you can come back and you can discuss that. I actually just wrote an article for my blog about this today, about being able to take space in relationships so that you can both work on your healing. But if people don't drive, learn to drive their own bus, they're just going to be codependent on, on the ways that you make him happy or on the mm. ways that you help him heal, mm. which sounds lovely, yeah, <laughs> but, it does, it's not, yeah. <laughs> but it just perpetuates the pattern. So, so it's always a pattern. So you can ask him, mm. when was the first time you remember feeling this way? And he might go back to when he was five years old. Um, and you can see that that's sort of where the pattern started. And then just being aware of the pattern is the first step. And then you try to become aware of it in your body, where if, where you feel it in your body and how it feels. And then you can do things like the deep breathing or the stretching or whatever helps you find the equilibrium in your nervous system to remind your body that you're safe. So we're almost at the end and I have so many other points here. Let me see. I love the exercise that you suggest. You call them somatic exercises in your book. So to begin creating a sense of safety in the body and you talk about meditation, journaling, a mini exercise there. And then you have the advanced one, which um, I kind of gravitated toward that mm-hmm. advanced huh? uh, <laughs> would be actually to speak to alter ego. And then let me see so many self-care for this chapter two. Very interesting the way you talk, must know. Yeah, in order to really begin loving yourself fully, you must first know who you are. So true. And then how to stop negative self-talk. And um, real confidence is always an inside job. And then you have the keys, chapter three, the keys to self-worship. And then you discuss them. You say, know who you are under that section you say you are an incredible individualized projection of the universe itself uh, we've been talking about it anyway <laughs> and then you have the keys to self-worship as so many of them i just wrote so many things here that caught my attention and also something that you mentioned on your bio uh, human design i have interviewed just one person about this nobody else would you like to make a comment about what human design is oh god human design is everything. I found human design probably about four years ago and maybe three or four. And it, it gave me, it was the first system that has given me permission to be myself. Human design is, is a combination of different modalities. It's the Chinese I Ching, it's the Kabbalah, it's astrology. Um, it's, it's the chakra system and it sort of comes together in one diagram and one body graph as they call it. And it's your energy it's how your energy works with other people. It's how your energy works with the universe. It's how your energy works with your own energy. And it can really give you so much information about yourself. So I always include that in my books because it's been such a huge catalyst for my work because it really helped me understand who I was. When I look at the different centers, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What's my purpose? What's the the energy that I'm putting out there? How am I manifesting? How am I co-creating? What are the ways that I sabotage myself? Like it's all in there. 
And it really just gave me permission to be who I already was, Mm -hmm. but I was just being hard on myself. So it gave me that radical acceptance. You talk about energy. Some say that everything is energy. Would you agree with that? Yeah, sure, yeah, I do. I mean, it. you know, at the yeah. everything is everything's made out of particles, which is energy. Yeah, right. So scientifically, it makes sense, but also it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at so many levels, even at the spiritual levels, so many people talk this way too. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting science and, and spirituality coming together. So we're almost at the end. I have the ending questions for you, Donna. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? No, you know, I think um, I think we covered a lot. Um, I think we gave people a good idea, you know, about kind of my belief system and my work. And and I think if people want to check it out, my books yeah. are on Amazon and you'll have my contact information. Actually, one of the questions before I ask you those final questions, if somebody wants to hire you, would that be online, one-on-one? Yeah, how does it work? Yeah, so um, I do private coaching. It's one-on-one. Um, and yes, it is online. So it's... Um, Zoom or phone calls. I do work with people in different ways where my longtime clients will set up like, um, you know, they just want to text me throughout the day. So we'll do it that way. Um, I do have a kind of like a crash course that I put people through so they can start to understand um, the way that I see things. And then it'll help them sort of um, integrate and change their own perspectives and be open to see their life in different ways. My last questions are, what is another word for healing? The first word that comes to mind is freedom. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Mm. How long do I have? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I can't, it's like, it, it, that feels stressful. So I'm just going to say no. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Like it would mm. take a lot of thinking and, and mm. yeah. I think, you know, we're right where we need to be when we need to be. And my last question is what are three things you wish everyone to know, to have, to experience before they lose the body? A conscious, loving relationship a really good therapist (laughs) or coach, just a sense of peace where everything is okay. I'm safe. Thank you so much again, Donna, for what you do, how you do it. Thank you. I love your authenticity. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you again. And can you please mention your website? What is your website address? Yes. So um, right now I have my website, which is basically my blog, but it does have some um, some other information. So it's notyourma.com, N-O-T-Y-O-U-R-M-A.com. And then if you can't find that one, there's... There's always my regular one, which is DonnaYahav.com. Wonderful. I'll have the, both links on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Perfect. Bye for now, Donna. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dana Yahav and her work, please visit DanaYahav.com and notyourma.com. To 
learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.